Welcome to the Brett Boone Podcast as we explore the mind of former MLB All-Star, Silver Slugger, and Gold Glove winner Brett Boone as he sits down with his friends from the world of professional sports. On this special episode of the Boone Podcast, we preview the 2021 MLB season on opening day. Alright, let's do this! And now, here's your host, Brett Boone. Welcome to Boone Podcast. Today on the program, we've got something a little different for you. Uh, let's call it a bonus podcast. I'm going to break down the 2021 Major League season and give you my predictions. And to help me facilitate that, I've invited Rich Herrera. He's currently a host at CBS Sports Radio, and he's also the executive producer of the Boone Podcast. Rich, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Brett. It's been a while since I've been on with you. The show's taken off. The guests have been fantastic, and I'm excited you and I get to break down all the teams around Major League Baseball for everybody as we get ready for opening day. So you're ready for this season to start? I am ready for the season to start. Unfortunately, not a lot of people got a chance to go to spring training because of the reduced uh, crowds, but I'm hoping as we get closer to opening day, we're going to have full uh, fans in the stands by 4th of July, and it's going to be a glorious baseball season. So if you're ready to go, I am. Let's do it. All right, let's get started talking about the American League and get Booney's predictions on what's going to happen. So let's run through all the teams. First of all, in the American League East, Brett Tampa Bay Rays uh, won the division last year in the truncated season with a mark of 40 and 20. What are your thoughts? Tampa Bay, they, they were my pick to win it all last year. And uh, that bullpen was just such a power bullpen. And the starting rotation was, was really good. But they lost Morton. Uh, to free agency. Snell, as everybody knows, went to the Padres. And recently, Anderson, their closer, went down. He's going to have Tommy John. Uh, a Rosarina uh, w- was a bright spot for them. They're going to need Meadows, Kiermeyer, and Lowe to have a big year. You know, I just don't see it in this division because they were, they were a good team. They, they had a bunch of ball players that could play everywhere on the field. But I think with those losses, they're just not quite good enough, especially in that division. You still got Glass now at the top of the rotation. If he ever gets it all together, he could be one of the best pitchers in the game. Yarborough is a is a real formidable number two. Uh, you got Hill in the three spot. Really good team. Not good enough, especially in this division. You know, the Rays are kind of money ball 2.0, Brett. Just like Brett uh, Jason Giambi had said on the podcast, you know, guys are going to come, guys are going to go. They're not going to be able to keep people long-term. So Tampa Bay is going to have to find some of that money ball magic in order to turn this roster over and find new people that they'll hang on to for a couple of years and then have to restock and restock. Let's go to the New York Yankees. Yankees come in second last year, make the playoffs, but can't catch the race. Yankees, it's the same, same thing every year for the Yankees. The talent level on paper, everybody stays healthy. They're as good as anyone in the game. Cole at the top of the rotation, arguably the best pitcher in the game. Uh, Kluber, if it's the Kluber, he came over from the Cleveland Indians, missed the entire 2020 season and part of 2019. If he's the Kluber of 2018, they've got a great number two. German coming back from some off-the-field problems. He's looked great this entire spring. Uh, Italian, who came over from the Pittsburgh Pirates, uh, he, he had Tommy John surgery, missed last year. Uh, a lot of ifs, but if these guys are all healthy, they're as good as anybody. You got Severino coming back. They're expecting him at the end of May. Uh, problems they've had this spring. You lost Zach Britton, the setup guy for Chapman. Uh, that's a big blow for them, but they've got enough down in that bullpen with Green O'Day and Justin Wilson to fill that in. Uh also, Luke Voigt, who led the big leagues in home runs last year, he just uh, is going to go under the knife now. You're going to miss him for about six weeks. They've got enough talent on that roster to, to, to fill in those gaps. Uh, LeMayhew, reigning, you know, I mean, what has LeMayhew not done in the last two years? Batting champ, uh, probably will be again. Uh, Judge, I'm waiting for Judge to have a healthy season. I think he's one of those guys, MVP talent. Uh, you got Stanton, Urchula. I'm lo- waiting for Hicks, that center fielder. A lot of potential there. It's never been there. It's going to be interesting how Sanchez does. You know, he hit 149 last year. Defensively, he has his struggles. And you got another MVP candidate offensively, in my opinion, and Glaber Torres at short. 
once again, on paper, everybody healthy. Uh, this is the best team in the AL East. What about Toronto? Toronto up and comers. Uh, let's go over their, their offense, which is, is young and really exciting. Guriel, uh, Biggio, uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., uh, Bichette, tremendous up and coming shortstop. You got Simeon from the Oakland A's. He's going to slide over and play second base. And obviously the big signing this offseason was George Springer coming over from the Astros in center field. Uh, top to bottom, that lineup, uh, th- that's an exciting lineup. They can do a lot of damage. Uh, let's go over to the pitching side. Rue is their number one, uh, had a two, six last year, really good pitcher. Follow that up with Matt's Robbie Ray Rourke and stripling, uh, big blow to them in spring training. Yates is out. He's going to have Tommy John surgery. So Jordan Romano is going to step into that closer role. Uh, Dolis and Chatwood down there. Pretty good bullpen, exciting young team. Not quite ready, especially in that division. I have them uh, coming in second in that division. Well, you look at the top three in the division, the Rays, the Yankees, Toronto. Now you're going to go to the bottom two from the standings last year. Baltimore Orioles probably going to scuffle again this year. Baltimore Orioles, you know, not much on the horizon there. They've been scuffling for a lot of years. They're young. They're rebuilding again. They're going to lose 100 games. There's not much there when you look to the Orioles. What are your thoughts on the Boston Red Sox? Boston Red Sox still, they'll be lucky to be a 500 team. Rodriguez, their their opening day starter, just got scratched with a dead arm. Uh, to me, I, I don't know what that means. There's been some COVID outbreak with Barnes. So Atavano, who came over from the Yankees, going to take over in that closing role. He's very capable. It's just little things late in the, late in the uh, spring you don't like to see. Evaldi's going to be their number one starter. Evaldi, man, two years ago was a star in the playoffs. Uh, I just don't think they have enough. You know, Dahlbach, you got Kiki Hernandez came over from the Dodgers, going to play second, and he's going to get a full-time uh, starting position. Martinez, their DH, uh, formidable, or, or previously one of the best hitters in the game. He's on the he's on the uh, downside, I think, of his career. He's still got a star at shortstop and third base with Bogarts and Devers. Like I said, they'll be lucky to be 500. And we're going to we're going to come back to the American League East. We'll give you a prediction who Brett thinks will win that division. But let's jump ahead to the American League Central, probably one of the tightest divisions you'll find with Minnesota, Cleveland, and the Chicago White Sox. So let's talk about Rocco Baldelli's club in Minnesota. Minnesota, great team a year ago, uh, really good this year is uh, again. Uh, Maeda's at the top of that rotation had a great year last year. The two seven, uh, Barrios pin. Pineda and Hap, who's coming over from the Yankees. Uh, I don't know if it's enough in that division. Uh, offense, very formidable with Garver, Donaldson, Cruz. You got Simmons coming over from the from the Anaheim Angels. One of the best defensive shortstops in the game. He'll shore up that defense for him. Sano and Polanco, really good team. I just don't think they have enough. So if they don't have enough, does that mean Cleveland does Cleveland's similar, similar. Uh, you got the best pitcher, in my opinion, Garrett Cole, I've been saying for, for a year or so now, best pitcher on the planet. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Bieber will give him a run for it. Uh, and then you got DeGrom over in the National League, which we'll get to later. Uh, Bieber last year, what can you say about it? He had a 1-6 ERA, won the Cy Young. Plesak in that number two hole, really I got big expectations for this guy. The one-two for Cleveland is about as good as anyone out there. Good defensive team. Uh, You got the star, you know, their their perennial star in Ramirez. Uh, Hernandez at second base. Bowers at first. Not enough offensively, especially in that division. I would even rank them slightly behind the Twins. Well, if Minnesota wasn't, you weren't sure on Minnesota, you're not sure on Cleveland, does that mean you're sure on the pale hose? Without a doubt, without a doubt. The White Sox is the class of this division. Uh, and they were kind of my dark horse. We'll get to that later of, uh, of maybe potentially winning the whole thing. Stop. You're going to get Dan all excited. He's going to jump in here uh, too soon. But go ahead. Tell me why the White Sox are the class of this division. Giolito got a chance to win the Cy Young. Top of the rotation. Dallas Kuchel, unsung guy. I mean, velocity throws throws 88 to 90. 
doesn't doesn't pop the radar gun. Nobody really talks about him. Houston, a few years ago, when they were signing the free agents, they let this guy go, and he just quietly keeps keeps dazzling on the mound. He had a one nine nine last year. Was right there in the Cy Young talk. He's in the number two hole, uh, followed by Lynn Cease and, and Radone. Uh, that that lineup is where it is for me, though. Uh, is is the, Dallas Keuchel a guy that that sabermetricians miss on and the algorithms because he's not going to pop the gloves. So when you put him into the machine and they start trying to figure out how good he is, but he's just got swing and miss. He people hit the contact. I mean, every time you look up, he's just on the right side of the ledger. He's Tommy Glavin of of two thousand twenty one. He really is. I mean, to watch him pitch. Uh, it's an awesome thing, especially for me. I'm a student of the game. I like to watch the real pitchers. That's what Dallas Keuchel is. He's a true, true pitcher. Has not to. just a thrower. Not a thrower. And he's really good. And like you said, in today's era, we're dazzled by these radar guns. Dallas Keuchel just keeps doing it under the radar, but at a high, high level. And and the real, the real uh strength of this team is that lineup. I mean, you got MVPs all over the place. You got a Brayu, you got Timmy Anderson at shortstop, one of the best players in the game. You signed Grandall. Adam Eaton comes over from uh the Washington Nationals. You got uh Robert Jimenez. This this is just a formidable lineup. You're bringing in the old man, Tony LaRussa, to to wrangle with these young kids. I think he's going to do a great job. I think it's great for the game to bring back I don't like to use the term old school, but just a guy that's been in the game for a long time. I think he's going to blend really well with this younger generation. And uh, I look for big things of the White Sox this year. All right. So if the White Sox are your uh, class of the division right there, let's talk about the other two in the division, Kansas City and Detroit. Kansas City. I, you know, this, <laughs> another uh, another kind of boring uh, round out to my division. The Royals, I don't see much there. I think the, the narrative is going to be how does Benintendi do coming over from the Boston Red Sox? I don't look for much out of them. Going to lose 90 games. Uh, same with the Tigers. You know, it, it's going to the the uh, narrative over there. In, in Detroit, it's going to be Miguel Cabrera and chasing that Hall of Fame. So not much excitement at the bottom of this uh, this division with the Royals and the Tigers. And again, we'll come back to who Brett thinks is going to win each of the divisions in just a little bit. But I think you kind of know he's all about the White Sox right now. Let's go out to the American League West, uh, start off with the Oakland Athletics. This is a real interesting division for me. Nobody really truly stands out above the rest. Uh, Oakland, really good. They've been doing it. Uh, since I remember, since since the early 2000s with the money ball, they just continue year after year to come up with guys you've never heard of before that make a big impact. Uh, Lusardo at the top of the rotation. Bassett had a great year last year. Montez, Manea, and Fears rounds out the top five. Uh, big losses, though. Simeon uh, went via free agency. The, the best closer in the game last year, Liam Hendricks. He, he signed a free agent contract with the White Sox, and you lose Grossman. Their defense is really good. They play the game right. Nothing exciting from, a, from an offensive standpoint, but it seems like the Tampa Bay model, these guys just find a way to get it done year after year. I look for Oakland to be right there fighting for a playoff spot again. A little plug for the podcast. In case you didn't hear Jason Giambi on with this a couple of weeks ago, he talked about how Oakland just has to keep reloading, reloading, reloading. It was interesting. And he put it in a perspective from an insider way that you want to check out. All right, let's talk about Dusty Baker's club, the Houston Astros. Houston Astros going to be right there uh, fighting for this division as well. I'm just looking at their rotation. Though. You lose Verlander uh, for the season, your top guy. Granke's going to take over that top spot. You know, he had a four ERA last year. He's a salty veteran. He's a borderline Hall of Famer, but he's not getting any younger. Uh, McCullers, for me, in that two-hole, they just signed him to a, to a long-term deal. Had a 3-9 last year. I'm not a big uh, believer in McCullers. Goes to that curveball too often, becomes real predictable. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, I don't know. I just don't know. 
the positives for Houston, it's not that strong of a division. They got still have a real formidable lineup with Korea, Bregman, Brantley. Brantley, to me, best hitter in that lineup. Guriel, you got Altuve, several batting titles. We'll see what he can do. And you got a young player in Tucker. Uh, I think to start the season, he's going to start in center field. His true position is right. They've got enough veteran presence and, and know how to play this game. Been there, done that. They got a great defense. Uh, I think Houston's going to be right there fighting for that division. Your former club, the Seattle Mariners. Seattle Mariners, same old, same old. You know, be lucky to to win 70 games, I think. Always seems like they're young and rebuilding. Marco Gonzalez at the top of the rotation. Uh, Good pitcher. You know, nothing really that exciting pops out about him. James Paxton's an interesting uh, study. You know, this is a guy that's got Randy Johnson type stuff when he's on. Problem is, he's not always on, you know, Get, gets hurt a lot. Uh, went over to the Yankees for a few years, did okay. Now he's coming back to Seattle. Maybe that's a comfort zone for him. Uh, put him in the two hole. Like I said, he's a potential Randy Johnson type pitcher. Whether he'll ever fulfill that, we'll see. Uh, and they're real young. Uh in on the offensive side of the ball you've got the the veterans in Seeger and Haniger who's coming off an entire season missed he's a good player Uh, I don't look for that much out of them it's going to be another rebuilding season like I said I think they'll be lucky to win 70 games all right let's take our attention down to Anaheim Joe Madden the second year with the Halos the greatest player in the game right now Mike Trout and uh, Albert Pujols will be going for one last go round I'll tell you this is an interesting team for me uh, you haven't heard much out of the Anaheim Angels for a while, uh, or I'm sorry, the L.A. Angels. You got Bundy at the top of the rotation. Really like him. Watched him last year on several occasions. This guy's another pitcher. He knows how to pitch. Haney, Canning. Uh, the wild card for me is Otani. Everybody, I think, sees what's going on in spring training. He's hitting balls over the backstop in center field. I think he has five or six homers this spring. And he's been lights out on the mound. Uh, interesting for me. How do you, uh, how do you utilize him and get the most out of him? I don't know the answer to that. Angels haven't figured that out yet. But this guy is just an anomaly. If we can ever get it right, keep him healthy. Imagine having uh, 102 off the mound and a guy that's got 50 home run potential. But how do you keep him healthy and get the most out of him? I don't know. That's going to be up to the Angels, see what they can do. But that offense with Otani, uh, like you you mentioned, Trout, arguably the best player in the game. Pujols chasing the, the RBI record. Upton still got a little gas in the tank. Rendon, one of the best players in the game at third. Uh, and this shortstop, Iglesias, one of the best I've seen defensively. Uh, that's going to be an interesting, interesting uh team for me to watch they could surprise a lot of people by the way just a quick note for you for those of you just tuning into the boon podcast for the first time or you just started following us uh, make sure that you go through the archives great podcast with albert Pujols earlier this year let's go to the texas rangers texas rangers oh boy put those in the category put them in the category of they're going to lose 100 games nothing going on there they're getting rid of uh, a lot of their players uh Joey Gallo is going to be their their main uh, their main thread this year. Following him, how far he's going to hit balls? <laughs> That's about it. They're going to lose a hundred games. All right, let's jump over to the National League again. We'll come back and give you our predictions in the American League uh, coming up in just a bit. But let's take a quick look thumbnail sketch of the Atlanta Braves. Atlanta Braves freed at the top of the rotation, as good as it gets. Had a two ERA last year. Ian Anderson also really good. He had a one nine. Uh, both will be in the Cy Young uh, discussion. That offense is electric uh, with a with Acuna, one of the best young players in the game. Albies, uh, Freeman, another MVP candidate. Uh, Dansby Swanson really kind of came into his own. Uh, he he'll be playing short, and the catcher Deonard, really good player. That offense is electric. Uh, this is the class of the division. Miami. Miami surprised a lot of people last year. Uh, Donnie Mattingly got them playing some baseball. This is a team that plays the game right. Uh, They do all the little things. They move the runner. They steal bases. Uh, They've got some real electric arms. 
uh, in that rotation. Sanchez, Lopez, Hernandez, Alcantara. Uh, these guys, not well-known, but can surprise a lot of people. They made it to the playoffs last year. Um, little short in this division. Little short. Uh, you know, I have them, you know, they'd have to play really good to play 500 in, in, in a non-COVID 60-game schedule. Um, but definitely a bright future. We'll see how it goes. They could surprise some people. They're 31-29 last year in the 60-game schedule. So let's go to Philadelphia next. Phillies, uh, I think you're going to be frustrated again. I, I really like Nola. He's going to be in the Cy Young discussion. And Wheeler is a formidable number two. Uh, you've got a, a, an exciting potential offense. Real motto coming off the big deal. Probably the best catcher in the game. Bryce Harper, what's he going to be? Is he going to be that 230 Bryce Harper? Or is he going to be the MVP? Uh, both are possible, but exciting. Hoskins, real formidable hitter. Segura, not getting any younger. But a professional hitter, he's going to scoot over to second base. You got Gregorius at short. Uh, who knows there? Uh, McCutcheon, an aging outfielder, but a star at one point. I don't know. We'll see. I think that's a wide open division. Um, other than the Atlanta Braves, uh, that, that's going to be a battle. But I don't know. I see him winning 84, 85 games. All right. As we're walking through the uh, National League East, let's look at the New York Mets. New York Mets. DeGrom has, has overtaken my brain, and I'm going to announce him as the best pitcher on the planet. I watched him this spring. As great as Garrett Cole is, I watched DeGrom. It seems like he's at a different level. Lucchesi, uh, Stroman, they're formidable. Uh, Carrasco, who came over in the trade this offseason, uh, just hurt his hammy. He's going to be out. He's not going to be ready for, for opening day. Uh, Cindergaard, who knows, he'll be back in two or three months. Real average defensively. You brought Lindor over, one of the most exciting young players in the game, shortstop that came over from Cleveland. Alonzo, light tower power, 50, 50 home run potential. Conforto, McCann behind the dish, really good. Davis and Smith, real formidable offense, real good bullpen. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't see them. They're going to be there in that division fighting for it. Uh, other than the Braves, probably the second best team in that division. A year away from winning a championship. How about the Washington Nationals? Washington Nationals. Now, that's an interesting one. And that's why I say this division is intriguing. Anything could happen. Uh, on paper, that offense doesn't look that exciting. You got two MVP guys, though, in Soto and Trey Turner, the shortstop. Uh, Real exciting. Josh Bell came over from the Pittsburgh Pirates. Had a down year in 2020. But as I was looking at all these statistics, that 60-game schedule last year, I don't think was a true test for these guys. You look back to 2019, Josh Bell hit 37 homers. It'll be interesting. Kyle Schwarber came over from the Cubs. Going to add some power to that lineup. But it all comes down to their pitching. And you got Scherzer, Strasburg, Corbin brought over Lester from the Cubs. Going to be a borderline Hall of Fame guy when it's all said and done. He's going to be their number four. Uh, man, that's going to be interesting. You keep those guys healthy, Scherzer, Strasburg, Corbin, anything's possible, especially in that division. Nationals could be a sleeper. Uh, we're going to have to stick around and find out. All right, National League Central, Chicago Cubs, David Ross's club. What do you think? Uh, I'm not excited at all about the Cubs. Haven't been for a long time. You got the names over there, Bryant, Rizzo, Baez. Uh, Jock Peterson comes over from the world championship uh, Dodgers. I don't know. I, I, I'm just not excited for some reason about that team. Hendricks is a consummate professional. Once again, it's not a big velocity guy. doesn't light up the radar guns, which we like in 2021. But he just consistently gets it done year in and year out. I do like their number two guy. They got him from the Padres, Davies. He's another pitcher. So those, two, I think Hendricks is really going to help this Davies uh, kid out when it comes to teaching him the ropes. Ariata, the old man, he's going to be in the three-hole for him. Uh, Kimbrell's still their closer. He's struggled again in, in uh, spring training. I just don't expect much out of this Cubs team. The Redbirds last year had so many games they lost due to COVID, almost shutting the team down, and then had to play an extraordinary amount of games to end the season, made the playoffs. What do you think? Uh, I'm not very excited about the Reds. You know, Castillo at the top of the rotation. So, really I'm sorry. Right. So I was saying Redbirds, Cardinals. 
Oh, the Cardinals. Okay, we'll get to the Cardinals. Cardinals. Uh, I'm not excited about this division as a whole. Cardinals are the class of this division. Flaherty at the top of the rotation. Wainwright, 37 years old, maybe 38 years old. Still one of the best pitchers out there. Love to watch him pitch. Uh, Those are their top two. Their center fielder, Bader, really a standout defensively. He just got hurt. He's going to miss some time. Uh, I think the focus is going to be in that lineup. It's going to be on Goldschmidt and Arenado, who came over from the Colorado Rockies, one of the best one of the best players in the game. Uh, signed back Molina for one more year, the Hall of Fame catcher. Uh, not getting any younger, but really shores up that rotation. Uh, Andrew Miller is going to take over the closer role with Gallegos, Jordan Hicks, and Helsley down there. Real good bullpen. Class of this division, St. Louis Cardinals. Now let's jump to your former team, the Cincinnati Reds. Cincinnati Reds, not too excited about them. Once again, Castillo at the top of the rotation. Sonny Gray, you know, who they depend on a lot. He's going to miss some time. He's out. Uh, Suarez, they've got they got a little bit of an experiment going on. Uh, put him over at shortstop. Not a true shortstop. And as you know, uh, Rich, I don't like non-shortstops playing shortstop on an everyday basis. I think it takes away from their offense. Senzel, uh, Votto, obviously Reds Hall of Famer. Uh, he's over at first base. Barnhart, Mustakas, and Suarez. I don't think they have that much. You're going to have Doolittle and Garrett. Uh, down there in the bullpen fighting over that closer role. Nothing too exciting. I don't expect that much out of the Reds. By the way, if you are a Reds fan, we just had Tony Perez on the podcast. It was pretty amazing listening to him talk about what he was the most proud of. His Player of the Week award the last week he played in the big leagues. It's a lot of fun. Take a listen. Let's talk about the Milwaukee Brewers. Brewers. Craig Council, uh, you know, he just quietly over in Milwaukee gets it done. Uh <laughs> This year, I don't think so. You know, you got Woodruff at the top, Burns, Anderson, Lindblom round out that rotation. Just nothing excited about this Brewers team. The bullpen is electric, and and it's headed by uh, Hayter. You got Williams and Suter out there as as the setup men. Uh, Shaw, Wong, Hiora at first base. Obviously, Uh, Yelich. He's the... uh, Year in and year out, MVP candidate and and Kane out there in right field. Uh, nothing exciting about the Brewers this year. Looks to me like a 500 ball club. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh Pirate fall into my category of they're going to lose a hundred games. Nothing going on there. Boom. Let's move on uh, to the National League West with the World Champion Los Angeles Dodgers. Dodgers. Uh, they're the same team as they were a year ago, except for they added Trevor Bauer, another Cy Young. Man, uh, it probably as deep a team as there is in the game. Uh, Bueller, Bauer, Kershaw, young kid, look out for. Urias, the lefty, he closed out the World Series last year. I look for big things out of this guy in the four hole in that rotation. Uh, it, going into spring training, uh, it was either going to be May or Urias. It seems like Urias has won the fourth starter role. Uh, and then rounding it out with the veteran Price, who came over from the Boston Red Sox, opted out of the COVID shortened season last year. He'll be their fifth starter. The the weakness I see is is Jensen in the bullpen, their closer, and and has been their closer for a lot of years. Struggled last year. I don't know how that's going to work out. But training Victor Gonzalez down there in the pen, it's a real good bullpen. And then you get to the offense. MVPs everywhere. MVP candidates. I mean. Uh, with Bellinger in center field, Seager, Mookie Betts, obviously, uh, Turner at third base, the consummate pro. You got Gavin Lux coming up. This, you know, their big prospect for years now. He's going to get the nod at second base. Uh, you got Muncie, that high, high on base percentage, uh, big power guy at first. Uh, top to bottom, this team's as good as any team in the game. And then you look around at who they who they let get away kiki hernandez jock peterson i mean they've they've let players go they just keep replacing them out of the farm system dodgers are going to be amazing how about the san diego padres team creating a lot of buzz around baseball wow probably the most improved team they found a way to to uh finagle snell from the tampa bay rays uh you darvish coming off a of cy young 
uh, caliber season. They're going to be the number one and number two. Musgrove coming over really, really good. The thing that worries me a little bit about is is uh, Lamette. Lamette's the young uh, up-and-coming starter for the Padres. He's on the sidelines. He hasn't pitched yet this spring training. That worries me a little bit. They round out their rotation with Paddock. Uh, also, you got Clevenger out there. He's going to miss another season. So those are big blows for the Padres. But one and two at the top of that rotation, as good as it gets. I really like this offense, too. Grisham in center field. Uh, he's got a kind of a flair to him, but he gets the job done. He's gold glove caliber. Will Myers finally came out and had a big year last year for him. Fam also uh, out in the outfield with him. And then you get to the infield. Machado, MVP candidate. Uh, Hosmer over at first base, veteran presence. Really good player. Had a great year last year. Cronenworth at second base. Nola behind the dish. Really like this team. But we'll get to the the obvious reason, and that's for Ta- Fernando Tatis Jr. Just signed the huge contract this offseason, and he's worth every penny if he does what I think he's going to do. This guy's a rock star. He, sing- he single-handedly changed that whole Padres organization. Just having him on the field, I think he upped the game of Hosmer, uh, Myers, and Machado around him. He, he elevated their game. This guy plays the game as hard as anybody out there. And for me, I watch him play. He reminds me of Alex Rodriguez. If he keeps his head on straight and keeps moving forward, uh, he's as good as anybody in the game. This is going to be an exciting team. Uh, I think they're going to win every bit of 95 games. San Francisco Giants back with um, uh, Buster Posey, who sat out last year. Yeah, Giants. Uh, I think this division – the Dodgers and the Padres are so good. Uh, everybody else in this uh, this division's playing for third place, and San Fran right now is is probably the obvious third place choice. Cueto and Gossman, top of the rotation. Posey, Belt, you know, it's just an aging team. You got Belt, Longoria, who, who's at the end. Crawford, uh, a young guy, and Ustremski. He's an exciting outfielder. I don't look for much out of this team. Uh, seventy three or seventy four games, I think, is their ceiling. Colorado. Colorado. Let's put them in the category of no more Arenado. They're going to lose 100 games. Not exciting. I think uh, Trevor Story uh, is is kind of looking around now going, hey, guys, wh- what are we doing here? So uh, I don't look for much out of the Colorado Rockies. Arizona. Arizona. Interesting. Uh You've got some you've got some guys there that intrigue me on in the offensive side of the ball. But that being said, uh, I think in this division, it's going to be real tough for him. Uh, Zach Gallen had a real good year for him last year. Bumgarner, you know, the veteran, uh, had a rough have a rough, had a rough going in that COVID shortened 60 game season. Had a six and a half ERA last year. Luke Weaver is going to be in the three spot for him. He had a six five. Uh, man. It's going to be tough sledding for the Diamondbacks. I think they're a 74-75 win team. All right, let's play a little game here, Booney. Uh, I'm going to ask you, for each league, who has the best rotation in the American League? Who has the best rotation in the National League? All right, we're going to go with the American League. Yes, sir. Uh, I think it's a – I think potentially, man, if Severino comes back in May and is true to form – I think it's hands down the Yankees uh, with the White Sox being a close second. Going over to the National League, uh, without a doubt, I don't even think it's arguable, uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers. With Bueller, Bauer, Kershaw, Urias, uh, I don't see anybody that rivals that. And I think you have to have seven starting pitchers in order to win a World Series, and they've got so much depth in their bullpen. Somebody comes up lame, somebody goes on the disabled list, Boom, they just slot one more in there. If you have David Price as your number five, that means you've got some depth in in that starting rotation. And I'm glad to see that you put the Yankees with the uh, top bullpen, or excuse me, top rotation in all of Major League Baseball. So Yankee fans have something to be excited about. And if you didn't hear, we had Aaron Boone on the podcast as well. So you might want to go through the archives and find out why everybody calls him Arnie. All right, let's talk about the lineup. Who's got the most mashers? up and down, one through nine in their lineup in the American League? 
American League, uh, it's it, it's. A, I'm going to give it a tie. I'm going to go with the uh, once again the top two teams, the the Chicago White Sox, top to bottoms as good as anybody. Twins are Twins are decent, but that's not who I'm talking about with the tie. It would be the Yankees again. Uh, that lineup is just top to bottom. You know, going from Judge to Lemayhew to to Torres to to Sanchez to Voit. Uh, to Stanton, the the power is off the charts. It's as powerful a lineup as there is in the game. Uh, once again, the Yankees' whole thing is on paper as good as anybody, but will they stay healthy? Okay, how about uh, the National League? Who do you have for the best lineup? Once again, this it's kind of being repetitive here, but it's the it's the Los Angeles Dodgers from a depth standpoint. MVPs all over the all over the field with bets. Seeger and Bellinger, uh, and right there with him is the Padres with Machado, Tatis, Hosmer, Will Myers, the exciting center fielder, and Grisham. Uh, those are the top two lineups. And, and, and a close third, too, and, and maybe not even a third now that I think about it, are the Braves, the Kuna, Albies, Freeman. Uh, those are all MVP candidates right there. And uh, so actually for the National League, three Top to bottom, great lineups. Okay. How about the Pens? Who do you like in the American League? Who do you like in the National League? Oh, the Pens. Who do I like? American League, same guys, the same the same characters. It's the White Sox. It's the Yankees. It's the Twins have the best pen. Over in the National League, uh, <laughs> once again, Padres, Dodgers, Cardinals have a really good pen. Braves have a really good pen, and the New York Mets, really good pen. Phillies could be a sleeper in the pen category. Phillies could come out this year, if everything goes right, have one of the best pens that nobody knew about. Okay, let's talk about MVPs. Who do you think has potential to be the MVP in the American League? American League, let's see. I picked two MVPs for the American League. I'm going to go with Tim Anderson, the Chicago White Sox, and DJ LeMahieu of the New York Yankees. The last couple of years with LeMahieu, uh, just the consummate pro, the hitter's hitter, probably the best right-handed hitter of the game. He, he's, he's been as consistent as anybody. So those are my two MVP candidates for the, uh, for the AL. What about in the NL? NL, I'm going to go with uh, the Dodgers shortstop, Seager. What I saw out of him last year, and into the postseason was just dominant performance. Always playing short helps you when it comes to MVP voting because you're playing the toughest position on the field. Uh, he's he's carried that over into spring training. I think he's got seven or eight homers in spring training. I know we don't look much into spring training statistics, but Seager looks locked in again. I'm going to call on him to win the MVP. And we can move over to the Washington Nationals, who I think is the young, best hitter in the game. Mr. Soto. So those are my two MVP candidates in the National League. What do you got for Cy Young Award winners in the American and the National League? I'm going to go with Giolito and Garrett Cole as my Cy Youngs over in the AL. And moving over to the NL, my two Cy Youngs. Uh, doesn't t- it's not a rocket scientist uh, experiment here. I'm going to go with Jacob deGrom as the best pitcher on the planet. And my sleeper is the Los Angeles Dodgers, Mr. Bueller. Ah, I knew you were going to go Walker Bueller. Yeah. Think about how think about how filthy that lineup is of Kershaw Bueller and you got prices of five. I mean, I'm not a Dodger fan, but boy, that is going to be well. The, the, the young guy, team. the young guy for the Dodgers may. Yeah. Uh, they're really high on him. He couldn't make the rotation, so he's essentially their sixth guy. That's the depth I'm talking about, and what puts the Dodgers as probably the team to beat when we go back to the World Series. All right, you ready to help me make some money in Vegas? Let's talk about who you like to win each of the divisions. So who do you like in the AL East? Let's see. Let's go to the AL East. Man, this is such a tough one, the toughest division. Remember I said the Angels might surprise some people because that division is so wide open. But if you're if you're making me pick right now, oh, man. It's between the A's and the Astros. I'm just going to go with the veteran presence. I'm going to go with the Astros. There you go, Dusty Baker's Club. Uh, who do you like in the Central? Central, hands down, the White Sox. I don't think um, anybody can touch them. 
There you go. And in the East. Yankees on paper, on paper, baby. Not even close. Not even close. All right. I was going to say, is that a little caveat over there? I don't want Arnie getting mad at us. No, I, I think you got to be honest. You know, of course, I want my brother to do well, but <laughs> my job is to give you an honest evaluation. And I'm telling you, Yankees, Yankees are just filthy. Yankee, yeah. I mean, they stay healthy. Uh, you know, they're, they're right up there with the best team in the game. Who do you like in the East in the National League? National League East Braves, hands down. Easy. By far the class of that division. Let me guess. National League Central Cardinals. Easy. Weakest division in baseball. Cardinals are atop of it. Do I have to ask you the National League West or can you just spit it out? Man, I'm trying to pull for my for my San Diego Padres. And they are gonna be a uh they are gonna be they are gonna they're gonna make the postseason. The Dodgers are the class of that division. Dodgers easily the class. All right. So who do you like to win the American League pennant? Oh, do I do I have to pick one or can I give you two? Edge my bet. I'm <laughs> no. picking one. Hey, they, they, okay, you know what? You can give me one and then you give me another. Maybe I'll just buy two tickets then. Yankees, White Sox. Yankees, White Sox, easily. Uh, what about the National League? Obviously, oh, one's going to be the Dodgers. I'm, I'm giving you two. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll let you give me two. Dodgers are one. Who's this, who's who's one A? Is it going to be the Braves? Or is it going to be the Padres? It's going. I'm going to go with the Braves. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right there. So who do you like winning it all? And you can only pick one. And we're going to keep this and play it back on the podcast at the end of the year. Only pick one. Hate to say it, but the reigning champs are going to be back to back champs: Los Ooh. Angeles Dodgers. You're not going out on a limb there. I'm really not. This is not like uh, I'm really taking a big chance. If you just break it down, the numbers, the players, the depth. The depth is what I what I think just stands out above everybody else. Dodgers right. are the best team in the, in the game. Absolutely, 100%. Okay, so let me ask you this then. Give me a sleeper of someone who can upend the Dodgers. I think it's pretty obvious. Padres. There you go going to depend on mr lamette whether he comes back and is true to form but those one two snell's snell's right there the best left-hander in the game and you darvish if he keeps it up what he did last year uh that's about as good a one two as there is in the game lamette would really compliment that and we'll see how mr musgrove does but that padre team man they're exciting they're young they're fun they want to win uh they could upset uh the dodgers I, I think for the Padres, the health of Fernando Tatis is going to be paramount for them all season long. Missed some time uh, two years ago, uh, had some shoulder issues in spring. I want to see him play a full 162 games and staying off the uh, the injured list. I think uh, I'll take it to another degree. I think Fernando Tatis Jr. is the most important player on any team in the game today. I think he's... Uh, if if we go back in the history of the game, I think he's the he's the closest thing we've seen to Reggie Jackson in New York. What was the straw that stirred the drink? That's current 2021 modern day Tatis Jr. What he means to that Padres in that organization. Okay, so let's bring Dan back in the voice of the podcast because I know he's probably just salivating wanting to talk about the Chicago White Sox, the team that he rooted for as a little kid. Danny, you there? Oh, I'm here. You know what? I love the White Sox. I'm a Chicago guy. I'm hoping it's good, but I think the injuries are the Eloy Jimenez. I'm hoping that there's not some sort of health thing that's going on with them this year. That does not sound like a good injury, even though I think they said he could be out to close to six weeks even longer. I'm hoping that's not a thing that hinders them. Um, I'm right there with Brett. You guys said pretty much everything I was going to say, but... I have no reason to think that the championship this year is not coming out from somebody in California, whether it's the Padres or whether or not it's the Dodgers. And I actually like the uh, Angels a lot, too. I like uh, if Otani's healthy. I'm down with that. Mike Trout, I think he's he's walking away with the MVP. And Joe Madden, I saw him manage the Cubs to a World Series out here. So that guy could walk on water. I think the Yankees are a good manager away from being World Series champ, Brett. Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> All right, Dan. Here's just kidding. Danny, 
you're the biggest White Sox fan in the whole wide world, right, Booney? I mean, he talks White Sox, White Sox, White Sox. It's in the family. It's in the family. It's it's an easy fall out of bed narrative for him. Oh, absolutely. So what are you willing to put on the line for a bet for us guaranteeing the Pale Hose will be world champions once again? I don't know about that. I'm a guarantee you for the Dodgers, a guarantee for Magic Johnson. No, no, I want a guarantee from Dan. Uh, Dan Levy, I want a guarantee that you're going to call your shot right now. The Chicago White Sox win it all. And if they don't, you'd be willing to what? I'd be willing to edit this part out. <laughs> all right, here's, Booney, you ready? I'm ready. All right, so you know what happens on rookie on rookie trips, right? What's that? Where the rookie's got to dress up. All right. How much am I dressing here? Or what am I not dressing with? Yes, sir. Did you did you ever have to dress up? Oh yes. Two what or did three you wear? two or three times. Uh they couple times. Well, they just cut my suits up, you know, they cut the sleeves off my the coats of my suit. They cut all the buttons off uh, off my button down shirt so I so I had to walk with it open, kind of the kind of the Saturday night fever look. Couple times I had dresses in in my uh, in my locker after after the last game wherever we were playing and I and I'd cut that dress off make it a mini skirt, you know I had fun with it. It wasn't a big deal for me. I, I kind of earned being hazed to that degree, and I just kind of wore it with a smile. And and after a while they got tired of dressing me up. So here's what I'm thinking, Dan. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what you're thinking, but I'm not sure I want to bet it all the White Sox, but go ahead. Here's here's your guarantee. Call your shot right now. The White Sox will win the whole thing, and if they don't, you will don Cubs gear and take a picture in front of Wrigley Field, and Booney can put it up on the website and on uh, social media. That's fair. That's fair. Booney, what do you think? I like it. I like it. All right, White Sox fans, keep rooting for the White Sox. If not, <laughs> Dan's going to have to go put on that horrendous Cubs blue and stand in front of Wrigley field and take a picture that we can post on social media. You do realize though, if I wear anything Cubs, I will instantly get a divorce from my wife. She will Listen, be very upset about you, Eddie Cubs hey, gear on me. I, you <laughs> I got, I got you back. You got to believe in your team, right? I, I, I'm, I'm hoping so. I'm hoping so. Like I said, the Dodgers, it's hard to bet against the Dodgers and, and put that one on the line. But Booty, sure. Do you hear him backpedaling? Do you hear him blushing and backpedaling as we speak? Listen, I've what, done a Rich, lot. I've yeah. done a lot worse for a lot less. But I'm all right. All right. Put it. Put it this, on the board. This is the, put it on the this board. Is the, this is the least confident I've ever heard the voice of the Boone podcast, Dan <laughs> Levy, when it comes to his chai socks. I've never heard. All right. I've never heard. Well, like this. I said, we're starting off with an injury, so that's the only reason why. If we were going into it, uh, yeah, Eloy was healthy. All right. If we're full steam, okay, it's on. Danny, but injuries flagging. In, all right. All right. You're, you're still deep enough over in that American League Central. All you're, right. You're deep all right. enough. So outside we go. I, you I can put it on the board. Dan. Dan's going to get the MLB at bad app. He's going to get the MLB TV. He's going to be getting up at three in the morning, checking the standings. He's going to be looking at the minor leagues. Dan, you are going to be so immersed in baseball and following the White Sox the way you've never followed them before because you called your shot. I was going to say, this may actually inspire me to play fantasy baseball. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, you're playing fantasy baseball right now because, Booney, I can't wait to see him dress up in a Ryan Sandberg jersey standing in front of the Harry Carey statue singing, take me out to the ball game. Oh, worst comes to worst, I'll just grab Rhino with me. You're doing it with me, buddy. There you go. I love it. Mailbag. Um, hey, can I take over the mailbag this time? Do it. All right. So as the executive producer of the podcast, listen to all the podcasts, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm so proud to have my name attached to it. So I wanted to ask each of you, uh, what's been the favorite, who's been your favorite guest? And I know this is a fair booty, but I'm going to put you on the line. Who's been your favorite guest uh, that you've got a chance to talk to on the podcast? All right. Well, full disclosure, <clears throat> we went into this venture and, and uh, I was a little apprehensive. I've really enjoyed this. It's been a learning experience for me, as well as I, I get to catch up with, with some old buddies on a weekly basis. I loved, you know, the obvious choices where I went in, you know, I was going to do my dad. I was a little hesitant. How's this going to go? Really enjoyed dad. Uh, Really enjoyed Aaron. Aaron was a lot of fun. And I talk to him all the time. Sometimes I don't even take his calls. But 
on the podcast, he was great. But I'd have to say my favorite so far has been Tino Martinez. Yeah, I thought Tino was fantastic. Um, Dan Levy, who's been your favorite guest that we've had on the podcast? Uh, there's been a couple. Ken Griffey Jr. by far, because I looked up to him so much when I was a kid. So for him to come on, that was pretty awesome. Um, I loved, actually, uh, Tony La Russa. I thought he gave a lot of good honesty. And I thought he was really, uh, I thought he came he came forward with a lot of stuff. A lot of people in Chicago and other places don't really get a lot out of this guy. One of the things I'll, and I've said this to Brett a lot, that you know, I come from a sports reporting background. I used to cover baseball teams and basketball teams in Chicago, and I've been around a ton of athletes. And the reason why I love this podcast is because you can tell when I ask these players questions, they go into this automatic mode. If, even when it's the fans' questions, when I'm asking them, or early on when I was doing the podcast, and it was questions I wanted to know, you could tell they switched to that automatic mode. But whenever they hear Brett, whenever I bring them on for our little, I'm going to call them up and we do our little pre, hey, how you doing? Here's what's going to go down. They are automatically sounding as if they are walking into a locker room and they're just there to sit down with Brett have a beer and just kind of talk about life. So you automatically with that already kind of the, the backdrop, it makes every podcast awesome. So when you hear guys like Tony La Russa, just start talking. That is unbelievable. Ken Griffey jr. I've interviewed him a ton of times. He never was as dressed down as he was. And I actually really like Greg Maddox too. I thought Maddox gave so much great info, gave so much great, how he was kind of analyzing things. And just the way he approached it, I really enjoyed those thoroughly. I've enjoyed. I'm going to go with Brett. I the the Tino Martinez uh, was amazing. And talking about his time around Tampa, and I I worked in Tampa for the longest time, so hearing him tell those stories firsthand, I thought were pretty amazing. Jason Giambi, um, I worked for the Oakland A's when Jason was there, and having him tell the insider story of the Oakland A's was something I thought was pretty remarkable. Of all the guests we've had on, plus. Brett, you know this. Your dad was one of my favorite players as a kid growing up. Dan, I used to take my plastic Phillies batting helmet and I'd get athletic tape and I'd get an X-Acto knife and cut out an eight to put on the back of my helmet so it could look like Bob Boone when I was wow. a kid. That is unbelievable. How about the, how about the Bob Boone uh, mask? Were you a big Bob Boone mask? Because I hear a lot about that. You know, when I was growing up with dad and I was a kid around around the ballpark, I, I didn't realize how unique his face mask was. But then I looked at all the other catchers. Nobody else had it. No, explain to people what, you're, explain what, what it looked like. Well, it's just he had the big, thick bars. Nowadays, you see, you know, these catchers have the thin bars, optimal viewing. But dads were these big, thick bars. But I just knew that as, no, that's dad's helmet. That's what he wears. I didn't think it was a big deal. But still to this day, guys will come up to me and go, how about your dad's mask? You know, and, and I think, oh, yeah, this is a thing in the baseball world. Guys like you, Rich, who grew up and, and were, were big Philly fans. You know, and there's a lot of them out there. When I go to the East Coast, uh, if, if dad's name ever comes up with the fans out and about, it's always about, yeah, I loved your dad's mask. And at first I was always taken aback by it, like, the hell's what's the big deal with the mask? But then I look at it compared to everybody else. It's pretty cool. And I have one of his masks in my, uh, in my display case. And uh, it, it's actually pretty cool. Now when you, when you look at it from an outsider and not just uh, his little kid. Okay. Last question. The white whale of people that we can pick to come on this podcast, Dan, who do you want us to be able to find in the next 365 days? I think there was one that uh, Brett and I actually talked about was Charles Barkley. And he knows Charles, and that's one of the potential guests that we could have on this show. And I think Barkley would be awesome on this podcast. Yeah, I think Barkley would be great. I thought Digger Phelps was outstanding. He was really good. In fact, Digger was so good, I stole him and put him on my radio show. Said, hey, Digger, can you come on the radio with me? He was outstanding. Uh, Booney, who do you want to have on uh, that we haven't been able to land yet? I haven't put the word out, but I really want to talk to Bo Jackson. And I'm going to have to, uh, I'm going to have to have dad do the work for me. Uh, They were teammates over in Kansas city, but I I want to get Bo's perspective and, and just the mind of a guy, you know, and his, and his career was cut short uh, by the football injury. But uh, I think we missed a lot seeing 
you know, we, we got to see him play baseball and he was something to watch. And, and still to this day, you'll talk about the guys that played with him and what was so special about Bo. Uh, because really, when you look at his numbers, you know, he didn't have the George Brett type numbers. But from a physicality standpoint, I think at that time, the game had never seen anything like it. And I think what I get from his teammates uh, the most when talking about Bo is you couldn't keep your you couldn't take your eyes off him. He might strike out three times in a game, but you couldn't stop watching because he might do something that you've never seen done before. I, uh, from a sports fan, just in general perspective, uh, I was really interested in what could have possibly been. Uh, him as a tailback uh, for a lot of years in the NFL. And and uh, we didn't get to see that because of that injury, but I'd really like to pick his brain and on, on uh, you know, what it was like going through when it was the bow nose time and, and the commercials. I'm, sh- I'm sure still to this day, you know, he gets a lot of bow nose stuff, but uh, I-, I would just like his perspective on a lot of things. That's why I liked when he had Schmitty on and he was going through his seven up and all his different commercials he did. He was Bo before Bo. He was he was MJ before MJ. Um, you know what? You should also thank the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for getting Bo ruled ineligible, and he got so mad at football. That's why he chose to play baseball first before he went into the NFL. Yeah, so let's do it. Dan, can you get Bo on the uh, – you know, do something, Dan. I'll try. I, I just get sit it, around here doing nothing it, all day. I might as well try for Bo Jackson. <laughs> so here's my two. Here's my two. Okay. I want I want to get TB12. I want the Boone to sit down with oh, TB12. I think that would be fun. Brady would be outstanding. And Dan Levy, you ready for this? Here's the here's my number one guest I want on this year. Do you want to take a guess who it is, Dan? Tim John Anderson. McEnroe. Tim Anderson? Not Tim Anderson, not Johnny Mac. Sue Boone. Sue Boone, I think I've got it. Uh, I've got an in there. I, think I want Brett's mom to come on the podcast with us. I've that would be a good one. Perspective, being the the daughter in law of a big leaguer, the wife of a big leaguer, the mom of a big leaguer, and I just want to know what was it like raising Aaron Boone and Brett Boone and Maddie Boone and that Boone household. That would be interesting. That would be. I think it would be a fun one. Uh, the the problem with mom is sometimes she she can't stop talking. So you're going to get a lot I of. Want her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well. So well, she's no, a boon. And, she's a boon. And, and me too. But it is my mother, and and I have to tell her sometimes uh, off camera. Hey, mom, you got to be a little more discreet about. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> hey, hey, we have no rules in the Boone Podcast. None. Boone. We just want to let her rip. Well, I'll tell you, before my grandma passed away, uh, Grandpa Ray's wife, Patsy, uh, I used to kind of be in awe of her because I looked at her and she was such a man. She was just such a connoisseur of the game. She would go to each and every game and keep score. And this started in, in 1945 when when. Gramps was in the minor leagues. He would tell me, he goes, you know, your grandma, she keeps score for every game I've ever played. So she started in the minor leagues, keeping score in 1945 until the day she died, she'd go to uh, Jacob's T-ball games and she'd be in the stands keeping score. And I remember just looking at her one day going, that woman right there has been to more baseball games than any woman in the history of this planet. And now that I think about it, that grandma's passed and, and mom's, you know, now 71 years old, she's kind of taken over that role as she's probably been to more games than any female in the history of this planet, you know, from, from grandpa's games to my, my father's career to my career, Aaron's career, Matthew's career. Now she's got, you know, eight grandkids that she's going to all their games. The, the stuff mom has seen, you know, that I kind of take for granted, I think for the podcast would be a real interesting perspective. Hey, Brett, it's been fun doing the podcast with you, Dan, as well. I'm going to step out of the way. Thank you guys very much. Have a great opening day, and uh, I'm looking forward to having a great Major League Baseball season. And thank you guys for all you do. You make it you make it fun to do this podcast. Oh, by the way, wait a minute. i got to jump back in. We do have to recognize one person. Actually, 
the one who does the most work on this podcast, and that's Liz Landry. So, well, uh, allow allow me to close it all up, and I'll include her in it if you will. Absolutely, Liz Landry. Thank you for all your hard work on this podcast. You're the backbone that's made this thing very, very successful. So, thank you. She's the best. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this here Bread Boon podcast. My name is Dan Levy, the technical director, producer, and the voice. The executive producer and the co-host of this episode would be Rich Herrera. Digital content once again for the Boom Podcast, handled by Liz Landry. Please share the Boom Podcast with neighbors and friends, and make sure you subscribe to the Boom Podcast so you never miss an episode of the show. And while you're at it, please give it a five-star rating and share your feelings about the Boom Podcast by leaving a review on whatever platform you listen to the show. For all of us here on the Boom Podcast, my name is Dan Levy. We'll do it again real soon. Thanks for listening. See ya.